Hello, hello. <laughs> wow, you really were waiting. Awesome. <laughs> All right, I'm rolling on my side. Go ahead and get rolling on yours. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> there we go. All right, awesome. Um, let us not dally because we are fighting the clock. So here we go. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that a cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. I was trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcasting. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. Welcome to the 251st straight week of Cinema PsyOp. I'm sitting once again all alone in isolation and the pandemic fear mixed with a whole bunch of racial turmoil and trouble going on in this nation. Terrified of that just like meat is Matt. I'm afraid I need an adult. <laughs> there are no more adults in the room, so forget about that. Uh, um... Yeah, man. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So all of Australia was on fire on the earlier part of the year, and the U.S. cities went, yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> I mean, to be 100% honest, and that is this. Uh, we are now officially halfway at the halfway point for the movie 2020, and I don't want to know what the second half has if this was the first. I will be honest with you. My end of the world bingo card that we were like proposing on what was going to be next month, I did not have civil rights uprising because that's basically what we have right now. Is yeah, it, is it civil rights uprising? And like we just want to try and get civil rights for all people in the United States is what is going on with all of these protests. They're very much echoing the civil rights protests that resulted in the Civil Rights Act in 1964. I mean, it's almost all yeah. exactly the same. They're just trying to get it so that, you know, just don't start killing people of color for no fucking reason. Yeah, and especially that, if you're a police it. officer. I mean, please? Yeah, that's, please? that's all. I mean, does, is that what you needed? Is, is for me to say please? Because there you go, please. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to drop my character a little bit. I uh, amp up my dislike of the police, but if you have seen the videos and if you've seen the way that various police departments are handling these situations and turning what should be peaceful protests into riots just so they get a chance to try out their new gear and they're itching to hurt people, like a little girl being fucking tear gassed in the face in a protest in Seattle, a child, um, a state representative got blasted in Ohio, I think, like an actual like House of Representatives got blasted in the face by a cop in Ohio. The mayor's daughter. Yeah, an old man on a cane got slammed to the ground because he wasn't moving fast. He's on a fucking cane. Yeah. Guys, fucking come on. So the solution to that, that uh, our wonderful, you know, fearless leader who hides in a bunker during a protest, fearing for his own life and probably offering up Eric Trump to try and appease the crowd's rage. Um, he is definitely the least favorite son, is Eric. Yeah, so the solution that he has is, well, let's bring in the military and let's uh, amp up the violence on our side and try and bring this back under control. And- oh, and hold on for me. I'm going to go ahead and just... Uh, Shut off the lights of the White House. Nope. Nobody come calling for me now. All right. <laughs> yeah. He hides in fear for like three or four fucking days. He comes out and does a speech that is full of all sorts of fucking dog whistles that you can tell Stephen Miller had to have his greasy fucking hands all over. And when I, when he I, comes out the other side of it, he's talking all big and tough and everything because of everything that happened because it's the middle of the fucking day and he's surrounded by security. I still can believe on Friday when it was really starting to appear a lot of unrest was going to begin. A lot all over and you could feel it coming and this asshole all he could talk about was fucking twitter and it just if you still anybody who thinks he's still a decent leader or president fucking i don't know just fucking go away don't ever come back because you're a piece of shit Uh, that's unbelievable to me that anybody could think that yeah well i don't want to get too awfully political because i still want to offer some escapism for whoever is out there listening to this i get it it's just this is I mean, we're this is huge. I mean, we're in the yeah, this and we're is in the history. middle of it. Yeah, we're in, we're the, in middle, the middle of it. Yeah, and it's history, and this is happening, and there's no way to really fully escape it. We have no. to acknowledge it. We have to talk about it. We've done that. Um, anybody that's following me on social media can see my stance on my side and where I'm coming from with it. And I'm trying to pull back and being more reserved, and I'm trying to dial back my hate-filled rhetoric as much as I can when I'm out of character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, I think the only difference is now almost more people are in the middle of it now. Because it's happening in a lot. I mean, it's happening in our city for crying out loud. Yeah. So, I mean, if it reaches this city, it's everywhere. Yeah. What I've always felt. Yeah. Because so that's the other thing. The the civil rights unrest riots that were happening in the 60s went nowhere near this big. No. Nowhere near this big. So this is a very historic occasion. We do have to talk about it. We have to acknowledge it. And I think it's obvious that we're both on the Black Lives Matter side and we are with the protesters on this. We want the violence to end just like everybody else. But we want want anybody else to get hurt yeah. but yes i am with the black lives matter movement and with the protesters yeah we, i just don't want anybody else getting hurt because so far the the death tolls have only landed on people of color throughout this thing so i mean just the uh, i just want people to stop hurting one another well um, the police need to start being held accountable for their actions in this country they've definitely been getting away with yes. it for too fucking long they've literally been getting away with murder literally literally yeah 
I mean, I don't, that's not, that's not anything. They've literally been getting away with it. Right. And this is the really sad side of it that I really have a hard time wrapping my head around that people are like, hey, can you maybe make it to where whenever a police murders someone in cold blood, they're held accountable for it? Can we make that a little easier? And the government's like, LOL, no, shut up and die. Thin blue line, go to hell, 9-11. That's pretty much what you're going to get. Yeah. So ACAB still hardcore over here in my mind. It's just, it's solidified now. And Matt's arguments against it on the other side are getting less and less. And sooner or later, he's going to be here on my side of the fence with this. I'm actually already am. A cab. Sooner or later, he's going to be here on my side of the fence with this. I'm actually already am. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'm, you want me to drop character completely? I definitely need to dial town, uh, dial dial it down. I don't share it on social media, particularly my disdain right now. But I gotta dial it down just for myself, or else I'll 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 grate myself right into a heart explosion <laughs> uh, for as much as I've been raging the last few days. Right. So right. Um, uh, just really, just me screaming into a pillow. Yeah. Uh, wondering what the fuck. Well, well, let's uh, let's let's move past this now. Um, right. It's going to be in the news. It's going to be ongoing. And tonight we are recording as early as possible so that we are both off the lines and watching our neighborhoods and our houses. And I'm just going to basically be keeping an eye on and making sure that my wife, my cats are okay. But I think we're both going to be far enough away from the actual downtown area where a lot of this stuff is taking place from the Omaha area that we should be good. <laughs> yeah, I think we should be all right. Yeah. So if everybody's worried Almost. about us from what we've been talking about and what they've seen me sharing on social media, and when you get this next Monday, hopefully we all came out the other side of it <laughs> and we do get Just, this yeah. next Monday. Those things don't migrate. Yeah, we should be fine. Uh, you know, just kind of be prepared. So donate to recovery funds for the small businesses that are being destroyed. Donate specifically to the bailouts for the protesters and things like that if you get a chance. Um, yeah. Now to switch gears and focus in on some good news, uh, some furthering reports. Um, I got notification from Chris Mounts, our, our boy in Wisconsin. I actually um, was messaging with his mother through Facebook commenting on yes. the post that I said, uh, or I, I put a couple, like about a week or so ago. Uh, Chris is still in the hospital. He's still fighting and he's holding on. And she offered to relay messages to him. So I was actually able to give her a message specifically from you and I that we miss him and that we wish him well and we hope that he will have a full and speedy recovery and then i also kind of spoke on behalf of the other podcasters that commented above just in case they didn't see it in time for her to read it to him and then tag some other folks that had asked me about it so the update is that chris is alive uh he's fighting and he's got a long road ahead from what she said but i don't know she's not telling me too much more than that so i'm just going to respect his privacy for what i'm relaying here and what i know that was public on facebook on the post that i made so i felt it was okay to share um as far as jeremy and bradley goes uh you guys may or may not know this, but they actually both had cases of COVID. Um, Bradley has been on a ventilator for quite some time now, but I think he's going to be coming off of it today, and I do believe that Jeremy has recovered enough to where they may be releasing him today, as well from what I got for the update. So, Jeremy's going to be back home, and then Bradley's basically, his recovery is going to be a longer road because of the damage that was probably done and how they've had to treat him, but um, Jeremy estimated that Bradley is about where Jeremy was four days ago. Oh, in, okay. in his recovery. Um, so if Jeremy got home tonight or, or today, as of this recording, then that means that maybe within four days or so, possibly Bradley could be coming home and they could be recovering at home together, which they've been apart this entire time since we first kind of reported and talked about it. Um, it's rough. Because of the COVID restrictions, you know, you don't get to go into a room, even as the spouse or someone that may also be infected, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Oh, and uh, one more thing I wanted to mention, too. Uh, the Legion GoFundMe that uh, we've been kind of putting the promo at the beginning of the show and then also kind of talking about and urging folks to donate for another disbursement has been used. This time, instead of the COVID pandemic, Boed decided to disperse some funds to help with a GoFundMe that is helping Black-owned businesses in Atlanta that were hit hardest by their riots because things really popped off down there. Um, yeah, Atlanta, Washington, D.C. was freaking wrecked last night as well. Yeah, so that's one of the things that I know that Bo decided to disperse funds for that um, from the Legion GoFundMe promo ad that we've been playing. So I just wanted to announce that, that that's been happening as well. So uh, we are trying to do some good in this world with our stupid little network and our stupid little podcast. And once again, if this is going to be escapism for you folks, we are done with the, the sad talk. So um, those are at least good news or at least some further updates that we we have to kind of bring it back. Um, now let's talk about happy things like the Lethal Ladies full franchise fest and titties. <laughs> All right. Tonight is hard ticket to Hawaii, which maybe I'm not sure because it's been so long since I've seen the other one, but I remember liking this one more than some of the other ones or almost all of them. So as of right now, of the two that we've watched, this is my favorite of the Lethal Ladies series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like this one. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, well, I probably like this one better than the other one, but I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll save it. We'll get into it once we get into the talk. So here's the Legion GoFundMe promo. We'll have a little bit of music that I yanked right out of Hard Ticket to Hawaii. So everybody be cool about this. Everyone just be cool. When we come back, we will have the trailer. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time. And when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand scale take a penny, leave a penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar for those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com on our Facebook group page or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.
stuck in the song there. I, I didn't realize I was going to play it for that long, but it looks like I did, because <laughs> I guarantee you that motherfucking song will earworm into your motherfucking brain, and there's nothing it's, you can do to stop it. It is already there, my friend. I have nowhere else to put this. Dude, I catch myself singing that every time I just see the title somewhere. I just sing it for no fucking reason at all. Just like, it's a hard ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> It would be featured very prominently in this trailer, but I did cut that out. So here we go with that. Hard ticket to Hawaii. It has it all. The awesome, pristine beauty of the land. The warm caress of perfect beaches. The tantalizing wetness of the blue Pacific. Hawaii. It's a great place to visit. But you wouldn't want to die there. Four of America's finest ready and willing to pay the price for paradise. They're undercover, but not under-equipped. On this mission, there's hard flying, hard playing, hard fighting. Agents are everywhere. Have no mercy. Kill them all. This ain't no hula. It's a hard ticket to Hawaii. Well, that was short and sweet, so let's get this movie coverage going. All right. Just remember, though, this ain't no hula. (laughs) This ain't no fooling around, to quote uh, the talking heads. Okay, and just to spoil alert, to give you an idea how great the uh, banter was in this movie, I have like four clips. (laughs) Well, the banter wasn't the important part of this. The important part of this was all of the action, the bloodshed, the craziness, the fucking infected snake. Like, this movie is a hodgepodge of just crazy. It's just like this weird concoction that somehow works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we start at a yacht club again. Not even at a yacht club again, but pretty much the same one with the same goddamn boat, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the Malibu Express. Uh, and this guy, it's a character called Rowdy, who's uh, the main character who lives on the boat. I thought it was Riley, but whatever. I think it's Rowdy, but anyway, he and a uh, lady friend Donna are uh, getting down and boobies so thanks movie and uh she is says she's leaving for hawaii the next day so i mean bye Uh, (laughs) so then we cut to two officers land on a small family island that's like a they they distribute and make some weed and the guy was telling his uh partner he's like you'll have to do this once i'm done but um don't worry this is all pretty simple they're good folk, you know, you make a little extra money and then everyone, you know, comes and buys weed from them and it gives money to the island. So, win-win. <laughs> However, uh, uh, so then we see that there's a whole lot of guys there. And so the two cops try to get away, but they run into a trap and then they are shot and killed. Yeah, they kind of stumbled into the right place at the wrong time and they've been told that they'll let it get away with it, blah, blah, blah. But there's another plot going on that has more to do with something different different than the weed that they stumble in on, right? Yeah, but, I mean, it's just the, the drugs are part of it. There's a whole lot of things that they're getting uh, stuck on here. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, like, they knew the weed was there, but they're okay with it. They were going to let it go. Yeah, because... but they, they also didn't know it was all these guys because it's supposed to be a small family business. Right, so I think there was, like, a hostile takeover that they're, they weren't aware of. I think, I mean, it's the movie doesn't well, make they, it clear. They just, but that's they, just what... I, they made it kind of clear when they saw the dudes and know that something's wrong, so then they ran. Right, well, I the movie itself doesn't show you very clearly 
clearly, but it looks like whenever they're showing up there, there was some sort of hostile takeover that happened off screen and they stumbled in on it. And this is how the movie's telling us that this happened. That could be too. Like they want the Uh, shipping lane that this island offers and they're not willing to share the marijuana planting that's going on there or something. I don't know. And sharing's caring. Uh, So then (laughs) we cut to the title sequence being done in in a warehouse. A pretty inventive title sequence. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's uh, all of the crates have printed sheets that have the names of the folks on it. And the camera moves around on the various crates to display the names of the actors and actresses and people involved in it. And also the title of the film comes in like twice on the same crate while you're watching it all move around. It was orchestrated really well. And it's an upgrade for sure from Malibu Express last week that was all typed out on a computer screen. Yes, yes, very much. Uh, So then uh, we see there's a big snake in the this warehouse and uh maybe even a couple of them actually from what it appears from like there's like a couple boxes that says snake on them yeah it looks uh, like it's a like a customs facility that they're at right is does that seem about right because yeah, there's a bunch of different like types that. of freight including yeah. the live animals well then we cut to a woman coming out of the ocean and she's met up by another woman this is donna and taryn donna being the one uh, who we saw earlier. Oh boy! And, Can we just pause for a minute and talk about right. how lovely these two ladies are? Is that it's Donna Spear is one of them, right? I can't remember yeah. the other actress's name, but so. Donna plays Donna in this, does she not? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> just to make I mean, make it easier for all of us to call Donna just, Donna. <laughs> Donna Donna. Yeah. In the in the immortal <laughs> words of Richie Valens, Matt. Oh Donna. Oh boy. <laughs> Now, like, I'm not even into blonde ladies, but these two um, had me at attention the entire time they were on screen, Matt. There's some, there's some good times being had right there. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, we find out that Taryn is also in the Witness Protection Program. Uh, then she gets a shower, and we see movie. Okay, she's in the Witness Protection Program, but she is not protected from us seeing her shower. That is correct. That is, there's no, there's no protection for that, apparently. Yeah, we uh, get to witness all of her in the shower without protection. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, they uh, both work for a place called Maloki Cargo. Yeah, which is kind of like a front for another thing, because the other lady works for yeah, something Yeah, we'll find different. that out later. Right. Don't ruin it for everybody at home. uh, Well, it's called the Lethal Ladies franchise for a reason, Matt. And Lethal is actually like, you know, like S.H.I.E.L.D., like Strategic Homeland and Defense. uh, Yes. You know, or whatever it is. I can't remember what S.H.I.E.L.D. actually stands for because I I don't memorize the acronyms. I just know it stands for something. Well, Lethal stands for something very similar, but it has something to do with like the ladies that all work for Lethal. So, and I guess um, Mrs. Sedaris came up with this term and that's why Andy Sedaris decided to run with it because he was really impressed with it and it just kind of wraps around the whole idea of what he wanted to do in action film which is beautiful bodies with lots of action and gunplay oh there you go i mean there's nothing wrong with that no i mean uh, it, it's keeping my attention the whole way through these films i didn't get bored on any of these two this last time watching them um no yeah unlike i did with the entirety of may <laughs> of course well they're both they're told that they at the cargo place they have to be ready to take a couple out and a snake too. So then as they fly in, we get some nice visuals of Hawaii, actually. This is pretty cool. It's pretty standard for a Sedaris flick. Almost all of them take place in California and or Hawaii in some way, shape, or form. It's always beachfront or island type properties. So you are going yeah. to get a lot of these kind of beautiful views. Yeah, that's nice. I think it's um, more or less an excuse to keep people in bikinis and shorts and showing off bodies. Because once again, that's his plan. Yeah, right. Be- and then beautiful bodies got- and fucking bullets. That's his thing. <laughs> that's that's all we can have. Boobs and guns. So then the uh, kind of the manager of the warehouse, he's running around and he finds out that they took the wrong snake on the plane. They got a contingent 
contaminated snake. So they land and they take this, uh, the two women land, they take this couple out to this nice spot, which will be kind of just um, on the, uh, you know, a nice area to look at. Can I just say uh, that I am tired of these contaminated snakes on this contaminated plane? Yeah, me too, man. Me too. These motherfucking contaminated snakes. On this motherfucking <laughs> contaminated plane. Exactly. Uh, HQ tries to call them, but won't get through because they're not in the plane. So we see the snake trying to get out of the box. So after they drop off the couple, we find out that this is the same drug island where those two cops were killed. Um, dun, then we dun, see these, dun. yeah. So then there's these guys in the yacht, and they send this mini helicopter with two packages on it. Um, then we see the guys who, dro- who shot the cops. They drive up, and the girls find these two packages on this mini plane. The guys attack them, but the ladies use nunchucks and throwing stars and are able to escape. But one of the packages was dropped. Okay. I just want to state here, I've never seen anyone hurl nunchucks in such a fashion and have Me them neither. stay together in such a fashion and then hit someone on the head. But, I mean, if anybody can do it, it, it was one of these ladies, Well, right? they're not lethal for nothing, Matt. I mean, they are exactly. very clearly lethal ladies, so it totally makes sense as to why they were able to do it. The ninja star death, I totally bought. I, yeah. I didn't buy that the guy well, that got wasn't clocked. wasn't a death. He just got hurt. I still, I don't, I don't buy that the guy got clocked that way with the nunchucks. Would have been cooler if she would have wrapped him around his neck by tossing him like, you know, because you've seen fucking Michelangelo do that shit in the cartoon where he wraps it around somebody and knocks him out. Like, I would have been more prone to see that, but I think they didn't want to actually hurt the actor, so they had a rubber prop. <laughs> and also, maybe they didn't want to, you know, have to train anybody or buy anybody who could do any of this stuff. That is also true. <laughs> Uh, the guys are very scared about heading to back to their boss empty-handed. Uh, the ladies, they land, and um, they decide they're going to go hit the hot tub, because that's where they do their best thinking. And I'm like, of course. So, I mean, <laughs> makes sense. I know, I right? was not able to think at all the entire time they were in the hot tub. My brain was not functioning. Yeah, no, uh, neither was I. I was like, I better get into a hot tub so I know what's happening. But... <laughs> I mean, what would have probably been ideal is I think there's something specific to their hot tub that has properties that allow one to think. So maybe yeah. if we could be in the hot tub with them during this scene, we would be able to understand what was going on. You would think. One would think. <laughs> one would hope. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, anything was better than being in my basement scared. Uh, <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> then uh, then they decide, uh, before they do that, they read pretty much the what might as well be snake feeding for dummies. I mean, they read a book about the instruction of how to feed a snake. It was so, it was funny. That, that sequence was actually kind of funny where they're trying to figure it out, and yet they're still, like, one of them's grossed out by the snake, and the other one's okay with it. They cut to a restaurant called Edie's, and a woman named Charlotte comes there and uh, is harassed by one of the workers at Edie's, like Maitre D. Really badly sexual harassed. Yeah, this is borderline fucking sexual assault. Like, he, he, does, yeah. he does everything but start laying hands on her without her permission. Like, he goes right... Right up to that point. Yeah. All creepy uncle and shit. Well, then she sits with this Jabba the Hutt looking character. Dude, that was Andy Sedaris. You might want to backpedal that statement about the Jabba oh, the, the Hutt looking Hutt. dude. That was Andy Sedaris? Yeah. Whoops. Andy the Hutt? <laughs> oh, yes. That's so much less offensive to equate his name with that. Good job. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well today. 
Uh, anyway, we find out that the guy pretty much, this guy pretty much raped this actress, or almost tried to the night before. He tried to pull a Weinstein on her. Yeah, this conversation was super uncomfortable. See why I call him Jabba the Hutt? He's a piece of shit right here. All right, insult the character. The man himself yes. was a much better person than the character he's okay. playing. I'm talking about this character's Jabba the Hutt. Yes, I will accept that. Very fine. Go All ahead. Right. All right, thank you. So anyway, uh, but I was going to have a clip on that. I was like, wow, it's the first kind of sustained amount of dialogue. But I mean, it just meant nothing. (laughs) Nothing came of this after this. No, it's just establishing that that guy's a piece of shit and that he's using his privilege to Weinstein someone, which we will now make that a verb. Whenever you try to sexually assault someone using your position, you are using the Weinstein on them. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Donna and then, uh, Taryn, they hit the hot tub. So, uh, you know, thank you. Again, uh, I'm confused as to what's going on, Matt. I, I've, yeah. I'm totally lost the minute they're in the hot tub. Is the blood rushing someplace else? You all right over there? Um, yeah, I can't really feel my toes or my fingers. So the blood is definitely rushed somewhere else. Yeah. yeah that's uh that's something else, man. You're, you, you might want to get checked out. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting it shortened and or reduced in size to have blood flow elsewhere. I'm just going to deal with it. <laughs> so anyway, um, they open up one of the cases and they find diamonds are inside of it. So they decide to call Rowdy. Uh, so then we cut to karate time and Rowdy and his buddy, they're practicing karate and they get a message that they, they are racistly practicing karate. Let's not you, mince words. They are very yeah. racistly practicing karate. I had a big problem with this this time. Yeah, well, this is pretty cultural appropriation right here if you're going to call it that well yeah, that makes, it's yikes. it's beyond cultural appropriation because he then makes some kind of a reference about um some kind of a joke where he's actually doing like a heavy chinese accent in yeah. english and it's fucking vile what he does that's just offensive as shit this whole yes. this whole this whole sequence did not age well at all no um they get a message that there's trouble so uh the ladies they go to taryn's place to i think give him a call and she goes to hide the uh, diamonds in her freezer. Um, and we see that, yeah, Rowdy lives on. Now we see for the first time that what he lives on is a Malibu. Or no, we find that Terrence Place, she also has a Malibu Express poster up on the board. Right. Up on her wall. Yeah. And then and, uh, also there's, Cody, a, we, there's another oh, movie that she's holding the poster of that I think it was yeah. Seven or whatever. That was Andy Sedaris's film before the Lethal Lady series started. So she's a fan of Malibu Express and Cody, hence the poster and go ahead. And Cody is a real person in this. He left the agency as they put it to do movies. Yeah, so he was a lady of lethal too, apparently. So yeah, and uh, <laughs> we find out Roddy is his cousin. So there you go. Yeah, so Roddy has pretty much all of the like the privilege and joy that uh, Cody experiences, but he doesn't have one tenth of charisma because not every lady is fawning all over him at all times. That's correct. It, that is correct. But yeah. one definitely is. Well, and it um, it doesn't help Rowdy or Riley or whatever the fuck his name is that his racist sounding friend who knows martial arts is running around with a ponytail and like, you know, is all beefcake at him. Oh, and I really hate that motherfucker <laughs> so bad. Um, yeah, he's going to be the, the target of all of our vitriol in this, I believe. <laughs> oh, I hate that fucker so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Donna goes to call Rowdy. The phone line is cut. Then we see two people attack. Uh, and they are looking for the diamonds. The struggle, a struggle breaks out, and uh, as two people are struggling, the snake box is actually destroyed. So 
they uh, Tyron eventually has to give up the box of diamonds, and they want the other one, but that one was left behind. They have no idea where that one is. So um, outside, we see the main bad guy, Seth, and he sees the snake, and he freaks out. So the other two go running away. I know this um, doesn't say a lot about the actual movie itself, but I feel like the fight in their house was some of the best choreography the movie had. I think the two ladies did a really good job with what they were doing for defense, and then the people they were fighting also really seemed game and did a better job of some of the choreography than what we'll see later in the movie. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I mean, I, it could have definitely been worse. Granted, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it's good choreography. All I'm saying is that this was the best in the film. See the caveat True. I'm making here? Yes, I gotcha. It's like saying so, that the Punisher film to star Dolph Lundgren is the greatest Punisher film ever made that starred Dolph Lundgren. I mean, you're right. I mean, you are saying something that's factually correct. <laughs> uh, However, still not true. <laughs> so then, uh, we see um, a guy, one of the guys, when he's running away, he he trips open a sewer cover, which mysteriously looks like a trash can lid just placed on the ground. What? Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Press the it's I believe crazy. button. If the puppet fucking mutant contaminated snake on the contaminated plane didn't offend you, then the trash can lid manhole cover shouldn't bother you either. You're not wrong. Anyway, uh, then as Donna goes to stop them, she shoots and she actually hits Seth in the face. They get him in the car and they drive away. We see the snake rolling out and he's done with all this horse shit as well. The bullet wound hit to his face actually looked pretty decent too. It's one of the that better That actually effects. didn't look half bad. Yeah, they do um, great bullet hits in this series. I will give them that. Yeah. Um, HQ is still trying to call them and that actually becomes our first clip. Donna, this Nixon. I want you to listen carefully to everything I have to say. Okay? We had a snake delivered here for the Department of Health. Now, that snake has been infected by deadly toxins from cancer-infested rats. It's a very dangerous snake. It'll kill anybody it comes in contact with. Are you still there, Donna? Yeah, yeah, Dixon. All right. Now, my loaders made a mistake. You have the wrong snake. You hear me? The wrong snake. No, we don't. Don't tell me. I'm telling you. That snake, don't do anything that... Don't get near it. Dixon, we don't have the snake. It got loose. Be careful. I'll get back to you. Donna, let's get out of here. That thing could be anywhere. Let's get back to the house and secure it. This is an emergency. Give me the Department of Health. Oh, boy. So it's another thread that they add to the crazy weave of this film that makes some kind of strange friendship bracelet that you only wear for the friend that made it and never put it on again. That's what this movie is. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the ladies then talk about Donna's dad, who was actually an agent. So, um, and you kind of find out Donna's an agent, and the whole thing's a front. So, okay. Well, you got someone in the witness protection program openly talking about it all around the place, even while they're in the plane with people in the back <laughs> and all sorts of shit like yeah, that. It's like, I agree, man. What the hell, man? She's the worst witness ever. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it's more like witless protection, the way she's just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm in witness protection. I'm in witness protection. I mean, if you announce it, you're not protecting yourself, lady. Come yeah, on. You're, you're doing some dumb stuff. <laughs> um, the ladies then head to Edie's. 
this guy, Ashley, who's the maitre d', again, harasses the two girls. Something fierce, and they just laugh it off. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> they don't just laugh it off. They give it back to him and insult him right back. Like, they throw yeah. some barbs his way. But I. F- but then they go, but then they tell him, oh, but you know we love you. And I'm like, oh, God, don't say that to him. Yeah, that made it not right and kind of uncomfortable. But I did like the barbs that they had back to him. I think they should have just yeah. kept belittling him and then just I think so, on. too. Yeah, it's yeah. a sign of the times that this film was made, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, the two uh, finally find Edie, and that is our next clip. Hi, how have you been? Not so hot. Can I get a white wine, please? Same for me, Patty. I'd like a martini, vodka, medium dry, lemon peel, shake, and not stir. Yeah, yeah, ladies. I didn't already know. Edie, we've got to talk. No one can hear us here. Have you heard anything about diamonds in connection with Seth Romero? Donna, the agency only uses me as a contact. There's really very little that they tell me directly. I just shot Seth Romero in the face. I should have killed him. You may wish you had, because the best you can hope for now is crutches. I've got to reach Rowdy. Desperately. Let's go to my office. So she knew who the guy was. So she knows that there's some kind of an operative, this, right? And this guy, Seth, I think he's just a big kind of drug, known drug guy. So oh, okay. seems like it. Gotcha. So he's so, just this well-known drug lord, and she had a chance and missed, and now she's it, concerned. Yes, exactly. Then we cut to this guy named Jimmy John Jackson. He's with a sports network, and he sits with a couple of Seattle players. Must be like the uh, all-star game or the uh, Pro Bowl is in town. And then he talks about vitamins for like a solid five minutes. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, movie? Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> yeah, this movie does. Well, just the Andy Sedaris films in general just do these weird, like, offside tangents. And you can tell that this is filler, but what he's trying to do is make you laugh and or give you some information at the same time. And, like, kind of what the guy was saying about vitamins wasn't necessarily wrong because it was about fitness and being healthy. But at the same time, they're playing it up as like this, oh, my God, will this guy just shut up joke, you know? Yeah, yeah. And also, it's like at one point, I'm like, he's he's talking about steroids is what he's doing (laughs) come on (laughs) (laughs) right yeah there's also that (laughs) i mean we're not dumb (laughs) i mean i'm still recovering from the two hot tub scenes we just had earlier in the movie so i wasn't paying that close attention oh jesus (laughs) well anyway uh anywho um well now we cut back to the actual storyline and the woman actually who's like appears to be a bartender or waitress bugs the phone line and then listens in on the Edie's call and that is our next clip. Diamond stolen. Seth shot. It's been a hell of a day. We got word that Seth Hitters took out two Molokai policemen. Poor guys didn't even know what hit him. They had stumbled on a full-fledged drug operation on the IU property. Seth is definitely uh, playing hardball in your backyard. Taryn and I are living proof of that. You're also our proof that Seth is directly involved. Listen, I want both of you to stay with Edie tonight. And we'll be on the first flight in the morning. Donna, I want you and Taryn to go out to Seth's beach house tomorrow morning and have a look around. Diamonds or no diamonds, you're sure to be on his hit list now. Edie, I want you to stay at the restaurant. Business as usual. I don't want Seth to suspect that we've got his number. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, we will bring our trunk of toys. Mm-hmm. Speaking of toys, I can't wait to see yours. <laughs> 
Let us done. Bye, girls. Bye-bye. How does it look? She just grazed you. She took a chunk out. A little plastic surgery? You'll be all right. Seth, you gotta see a doctor. No. Hello. Yeah, hold on. It's Michelle at the bar. Message. Let me take a message, Michelle. All right, number one, I hate that motherfucker with the ponytail so goddamn much. I fucking hate him. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> anyway, Taryn sees uh, the sports guy, Jimmy James, what the fuck ever his name is. And um, they are kind of a thing. They've kind of always been a thing. So um, uh, then as they are talking, we get more sexism from um, uh, Ashley. So thanks a lot, uh, you sexist prick. <laughs> Was that the main guy that we were talking about earlier that Sedaris is yeah. playing? Okay. No, 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 not Sedaris. This is the maitre d' of the restaurant. Oh, yeah, is, that uh, fucking piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, because he talks a bunch of trash to her. Right, to everyone. Yeah, but like right in front of the guy that she's supposedly been an item with for a while. And yeah. that guy just like, ha, ha, ha. And she's like, yeah, it's so funny. You think I'm just an object and not a human being. And she just laughs it off, too. Yeah, no, no. Not a good message. Not a, not a good look. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it has not aged well for sure, but we can see how the times have changed. Yes. So anyway, uh, then we cut to uh, Taryn and Sports Guy. They spun the day boning, and we see some boobies. So uh, there you go. We have to point out, too, this is not something that they showed as much in uh, Malibu Express because the sex scenes were just kind of like an afterthought, and it was more or less just ladies taking shower and exposing boobs. But yeah. the sex scenes in Andy Sedaris films are at least somewhat passionate and filmed to be more beautiful, and they're like a classic Skinamax, like softcore sex scene that you would have seen on Late Night Cable where everybody's willing and everybody's into it and everything's like very passionate and romantic and loving and quite good. I mean, yeah, everyone's having a good time. Right. So I do have to credit Sedaris for that. He at least tries to make things seem more romantic and passionate with the lovemaking that happens in the film. Even if it is just straight up two characters boning for fun, it's still very passionate and caring and there's a whole lot of consent going on with it. Usually, you know? Yeah. We didn't have that in Malibu Express with Shane's character who was like hate fucking everybody to blackmail them. So I'm glad to see it pop up in this movie and these sex scenes were much easier to watch yes all this was just grade a better to watch than uh malik book's press yeah and it was <laughs> as it, far as it was the classic cross dissolves too where it focuses in on like showing you like how the woman's getting off and the guy's just there like you would, yeah. you would see so much in these kinds of movies of this day and i really appreciate that that's what really taught me that you know a woman's pleasure is more important in sex than a man exactly god damn it thank you <laughs> so anyway we uh, cut back to we see the snakes crawling around still, so that's still in play. Uh, then <laughs> okay, we gotta. I gotta back up. I I made I talk uh, I talk some shit about the snake puppet, but in all reality, for as low budget as this clearly is, the snake puppet's pretty goddamn cool, and they do a pretty good job of animating it and moving it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, for the movie, it's good. How about that? Right. You can, for the movie, it's good. You can tell that it's like with, when you're watching a trauma movie and you see a monster pop up in a trauma movie where the, it was like kind of like an afterthought monster, like a it's just there, you know, and they, you know, they could, yeah. you could tell they just build it. Like, I don't give trauma shit for having something that looks so obviously fake, like a giant fucking squirrel that stomps a school in the class of Newcomb High 2 or something. I'm more <laughs> like just happy that they tried it. You know, it's like, hey, that man, seems... look how they did that. It looks not so bad. And that's what they did with this snake. You know, it's like, good try, slugger. That doesn't look too bad. That, that's pretty cool. For some reason, that seemed really, really, 
really specific, Court. So uh <laughs> That's just where my fucking mind went when I'm all jacked up on uh, caffeine and nervous and scared as shit. So there you go. Right. All right. Good job, everyone. We're uh we're winning the game here. <laughs> anyway, we're uh, moving right along and trying to beat the curfew. Yeah, right. Uh Taryn uh then gets a call from Donna that it's time to come in. She's been out screwing around long enough. So then we see Rowdy and uh his buddy, they get in uh to town. And uh, as they're driving into town, they are attacked by drug the drug dudes. One of them's hiding a gun, a skateboard, and hiding his gun behind a blow-up doll. So anyway, uh, he shoots the jeep, and his buddy gets some shrapnel right in the chest. So Rowdy, we gotta this is our we gotta work- talk about when he goes past them on his hands on the skateboard, and the one guy, I think it was Riley or Rowdy or whatever the fuck his name is, says he must be yeah. smoking some heavy doobies to be able to yeah, do a yeah. handstand like that. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't think so. I think heavy doobies would probably impair. So you couldn't yeah, do that. It would impair your ability to stand on your hands, let alone stand on your hands and ride a skateboard down the hill. Right? <laughs> Jesus. It would be rough. This sequence is so ridiculous and so over the top that by the time he's like trying to shoot somebody with a shotgun using a blow-up doll to distract and hide the shotgun, you either are in or you're out when this sequence is done. Yes. Well, anyway, and you're definitely going to have to be in after this because then Roundy takes out a rocket launcher and fires it at him uh, and killing the guy and then fires it at the blow-up doll uh, killing the blow-up doll well, for des- lack of a better word destroying a helpless blow-up doll that all it really wanted to do was please people and it was used for war <laughs> wow really really get behind the blow-up dolls uh the the cause aren't you yeah. <laughs> I, I mean it's innocent in this it had no choice of what happened <laughs> you're right it, it sure didn't and uh, can we just talk about how Ed riley puts the thing away he puts away the rocket launcher the guy's like that's some heavy hardware and he literally says it's the only thing i can hit anything with it's the only thing I can hit if it's a moving target right so rowdy apparently shoots like shit just like his cousin yeah the abalan family apparently has no aim at all so ladies no. you might want to stay away from them if you know what i mean and i think you do Except, i think they have aim right for that that though i think they know where to hit uh, <laughs> well at least cody apparently does because why else would yeah. all these ladies fawn all over him exactly um fucking so cody any- i'm still bitter yeah right uh fucking cody god damn uh, cody. Fuck, fuck fuck all these guys seriously <laughs> so anyway then we cut to the vacationing couple who we left off earlier and as they're taking pictures they are uh, attacked by the snake. In a rare female appearance in a Sedaris film, she never really gets fully naked, does she? Or no, even she pops doesn't. her top. Yeah. No. Yeah, she really doesn't. So it's all just that's probably why left. it was a cameo, and they died so quick. Yeah, probably. It's like I'm not, doing, I'm not going to get topless, well, then, you know. <laughs> well, then your character gets attacked by the snake that was released on a different island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's the same. I- oh no, it was a different island. Fuck, I don't know what's going on anymore with this thing. <laughs> Somehow, this snake becomes aquatic and moves back and forth between the islands wherever it's the, needed to be. The snake found like a secret area to go. <laughs> it's probably the plumbing that somehow goes through the ocean. I don't know how this works. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> Just press the I believe button because you're not paying enough attention to know where the snake is or isn't supposed to be. Exactly. The, the snake's not important here. All right. Uh, so anyway. Oh, I have to amend that. I'm joking around, but she does say that they're going to be on the other side of the island. So instead of them like taking a motor vehicle, they just pick up the helicopter and fly to their house, which I don't understand oh. how they're or not helicopter, but the plane. I don't know how they're able to fly back and forth from the plane to these custom things or if they're just the one that does all of this for the islands. And that's why the plane and their runway is right by their house or whatever. But they're supposedly on the same island. So I'd probably traveled through whatever plumbing or whatever to get to where that couple is. I, yeah, yeah. I know that it's the same. Island, folks. I was just being facetious. <laughs> uh, 
so anyway, um, so then Edie, uh, so, uh, so we can cut to the hospital and Rowdy's buddy got all stitched up and he's fine now. Um, he makes some kind of offhand sexist comment about how good looking his nurse, nurse was and, and kept him in stitches. Yeah. And then he implies basically that maybe they fucked, but yeah, but he made a dad joke. He made a dad joke and we're all supposed to think that's fucking funny. I mean, I thought it was funny. funny. It was funny. Shut the fuck up. I'm mad about that. He <laughs> doesn't get to have a personality too. <laughs> fucking shithead. <laughs> He's a multi-layered piece of shit. Come on. Give him a chance. I don't like it. <laughs> all right. Fine. All right. Thank you. Jesus. Uh, let me have that. Uh, so anyway, Edie gets a call from Rowdy, and she says she'll be able to go pick them up. We see that same lady waitress is listening. Uh, so then Edie goes into a room to change, and we get to see a uh, movie. So thanks, movie. I mean, it's the only reason for this scene. I mean, anytime a lady pops a top in an Andy Sedaris film, it's an automatic thank you movie. So let's just yeah. let's just assume, you know, that we're we're thanking the movie for that. And then whenever the dudes are, you know, popping their shirts off, that's a thank you movie for whoever's into the dudes and the beefcake. So yeah, man, let them let everyone get a little something. The mission statement of Malibu Bay Films is beautiful bodies on screen doing violence and gun play. That's their whole yeah. thing. So just accept the fact that it'll be a constant thank you movie all the time when we mention nudity from here on out. Pretty much. Yes. So thank you, movie. I'm still going to do it, but whatever. Right. We're still going to so thank anyway. the movie, but like we have to yeah. like not thank it and say fuck you for bad nudity, which thankfully we haven't seen yet here. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So anyway. All right. So then we cut to Edie leaving. And then Michelle calls up the drug crew, and they tell tells them to come pick her up. This is that waitress lady. So then we go into a dressing room, and a girl talks to Michelle about boobies and their body. So, all right. But then Michelle, the lady, leaves, and Michelle then reveals that she is actually a cross-dresser. She is a he, and his name is actually Michael. Do you recognize so, that actor from the movie before? Yes. Yes, is the brother. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, the whatever, the nephew. Right. The guy that yeah. uh, his wife was cheating on him with Shane and Shane was trying to blackmail her. And then he was also having sex with Shane and Shane was trying to blackmail him. It's that uh, same actor. And oddly enough, uh, with the wig and the makeup on and everything like that, I recognized that actor right off the bat. Um, even as a bartender, <laughs> I just totally got it. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, we all kind of saw him when he looked like. Before in the last movie, so yeah, I, I don't think there's too much of a surprise if you've seen Malibu Express. Different and better wig in this movie that they, they gave for the character, so I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I kind of liked the, the discussion that they were having, because um, the actress that was standing there topless talking about how to keep her breasts firm, and how to firm them up with the right kind of exercises, and then demonstrate how to do those exercises, I really enjoyed that, and I felt it was very informative, and I had to watch it two or three times to make sure I got all the points she was making. Oh, well, yeah. So, of course, because, you know, you need to know what's going on. Because I'm a goddamn creep whenever Andy Sedaris right. are on screen. Woohoo! So the drug people pick him up, and they decide they're going to go get Edie, and they are going to grab her, and then they find her, and they kidnap her and take her away. Then we cut to Donna and Taryn are investigating Zach's place. They see a chopper landing, and um, then they have a weird thing where they're learning how to use the video camera they have because it was probably new technology at the time <laughs> or they Jesus. just wanted to make some kind of sexist joke about how they can't figure it out because it's technology yeah right well donna couldn't figure it out but taryn knew what she was doing so then they see that they also they have Ed, edie that edie's being pulled out of a helicopter so uh the guys at the hospital decide they're gonna go ahead and hitch a ride 
Then we cut to the ladies go to a sumo gym, and uh, Taryn makes some vaguely racist remarks and about language and shit like that. Um, I think she starts using the Spanish language or the uh, with these two. It's just it, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it, it did not age well. It's more, I think, it's more cultural than racist, what? straight up, because she's using a completely different language and she's talking about yeah. how she knows all these languages. But it's inappropriate, like cultural jabs that just don't quite work. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's no good. It's no gouda. <laughs> so. Uh, Are you referencing the uh, cheese? Because I'm not getting that joke. Yeah, it's the cheese. No Gouda. Okay. So, <laughs> who's, I, who, I like Gouda. Who's dad joking now, Matt? Yeah, right. Well, fuck you. It's my right. <laughs> yeah, you had to suffer uh, the, the ordeal of raising a child. You should at least get to make the jokes. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, Donna calls and um, Donna makes a phone call. And then she actually puts two and two together about Michael. And then they go and they... Uh, and then Taryn and Donna decide to go and check on the couple and find them both dead with the last picture being, I think, the snake killing them. <laughs> it was kind of interesting how their bodies were in advanced decay, like whatever the snake is contaminated with, which some kind of like lab rat cancer thing, weird disease, like apparently it causes decay at a rapid speed because they've only been dead for like a day and they look like they've been sitting there for six years. Yeah, right. Jesus. Except the uh, stuff hadn't dried out yet. It was still gooey. So it was like a really like a freshly rained on six year old corpse is what it looked like. Exactly. Uh, well, then we cut to Jimmy John does a whole football interview, and the two players he's interviewing are really drunk and responding to questions really colorfully with some uh, uh, colorful words I can't use uh, and I don't want to use. Uh, so <laughs> then he and uh, Jabba the Hutt uh, get afraid because their careers are going to be over because, you know, they can't air that on TV. Not without heavily censoring it and also making those guys look like the drunk assholes that they are. Yes, right. Uh, then the, uh, Rowdy and the other guy get there and, um, they, uh, tell the, you know, sex offender who works there that, uh, Ashley, who Maitre D, who keeps saying all the inappropriate things, that they're taking their, his car to meet the girls. So, uh, then they cuts through, they lost the signal, that interview didn't go out, so now maybe, you know, their careers aren't over. Again, this is a weird part of the movie. <laughs> this is all filler and just an excuse to have Andy Sedaris do his cameo that he likes to do, so, I mean, you could pretty much skip it and it doesn't really affect the story, quote-unquote yeah, story, at all. At all. Yeah. yeah. The ladies and the gents are all gearing up. They got all their guns. They're all putting things together. And then they find out that the snake will die in 36 hours on its own from all the fucking shit in its body. Um, then we see the snake is actually getting into that sewage from that open cover. That's what they get for putting a manhole cover to be just a trash can lid, Matt. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I kept saying. So <laughs> they did it to themselves by not properly stowing away their sanitation issues. This is all their fault for using, you know, plastic trash can lids as a manhole cover. Exactly. So then we get uh, the drug people are ir uh, interrogating Edie on where the diamonds are. Rowdy and Donna decide to go and check some film Donna had taken of Seth's place. We get more interrogating of Edie. Cut back. Uh, and we find out this when they actually say that the whole shipping place is just a cover for the agency. 
I'm assuming a drug agency. I don't know. Some federal agency. Then Taryn and Rowdy's buddy decide to get their drink on, and they just start drinking. Um, then we see a very greased-up lady flexing with nunchucks and stuff. Uh, she's one of the drug uh, cartels ladies, but she's all flexing and greased up with nunchucks. Can I just say for yeah. a brief moment here, I actually found yes, this of course. quite erotic. Yeah, um, man wasn't that bad was it no i i was like really impressed with the bodybuilding that this lady had been able to accomplish and i just wanted her to pick me up and carry me away into a sunset matt come sail away come sail away no 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 i want her to pick me up and walk out into a sunset with me oh uh love lift us up where we belong that fits better now stop singing before i punch you psychically <laughs> uh, so then uh Donna and Rowdy, they uh, they decide to go to Bone Town and, you know, more boobies. So, thank, thank you, movie. Boobie. Except it's fucking another Abilene just getting <laughs> love and lust thrown at him without even really having to try or be charismatic in any way. Shit. Fuck <laughs> goddamn Abilene's. Uh, I gotta say, I kind of like Riley more than Cody, though. Yeah? <laughs> kind of. I mean, I don't blame you, but I mean, I'm just asking. <laughs> I mean, like, the only thing that Cody has kind of going for him is that he's, like, super nice and kind to everybody, and Riley does that already. And on top of that, he actually, like, comes up with some decent plans and is a much better, quote-unquote, agent than what Cody appeared to be. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. Um, anyway, so then Greased Up Lady is starts beating Edie, trying to find out where the other diamonds are. Still hot, by the way. Yeah. Uh, then Taryn and the other dude are listening to the other two bone. Then we have more bony. Uh, they're looking at each other and kind of chuckling, and I was expecting, like, one of them yeah. to look at the other and go, hey, why don't we try that? And then they would have, like, this dueling orgasms thing that they were going to try, but the movie didn't go there, and I was sad. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, displeasing. Uh- <laughs> I think I may have watched way too many late-night Cinemax, like, mid-2000s kind of Same. movies that that's where that would sort of happen, where they would try to have an orgasm battle to see who could come the loudest. Yeah, right? I mean, you telling me that doesn't actually happen? Um, tell me that I've been lied to all these years look there's enough tragedy and fear in this world right now i don't want to take that from you so i won't say it all right thank you yeah i i bet it's bet it's glorious and scissoring is still a thing let him have this people this is all he has just let him have this please the 10 days the, they're almost here just let me have it <laughs> anyway uh so uh then after you know everyone's done boning uh the other two mock them for you know being so loud Actually, it's Rowdy who's loud. He's a screamer, apparently. That was funny. Um, that was let's let's just fucking yeah, come right out and say it. That was good. That he was the screamer she, of the two. I don't know if she was like titty fucking him or what she was supposed to yeah, be doing, where uh, her head was compared to where yeah, he was her sitting. Body was it's, yeah, it was weird, man. But whatever she was doing must have been wild. Yeah, like he was losing his shit and fucking <laughs> screaming. And I gotta say, that was really funny. The inversion that they did of that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> fucking, but I don't know what she's doing, but it's gonna be fucking wild. What do it all? Right, yeah. His buddy seemed really jealous of not being able to experience this. Yeah, right. Only Jesus. Anyway, then so we cut to Seth is talking to the main bad guy who was on that yacht and sent the mini helicopter. He says he needs another shipment of drugs, but there are agents everywhere, and he tells Seth to kill them all. So there's another, some more gunning up montage of everyone loading up their guns. And then uh, they're putting together a razor blade frisbee, as we find out that Shades likes to play frisbee with a girl every morning. And so cut to we, Shades, the guy who actually shot and killed the cops, he sees the girl running up with her frisbee. Rowdy decides to run with her. And uh, Shade sees them. 
Uh, they get into some hardcore frisbee throwing, and Rowdy sends. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you. Make- I mean, it is they 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 throw it aggressively at each other. Well, yeah, it's a dick measuring contest with a frisbee, which makes it that much more funny. I really dig yeah. this part of the movie. This the 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 blow up doll explosion shit and the stuff on the the, the blow up doll is my favorite part right. of this whole thing. The, the blow up that was the, gr- the the skateboard guy with the blow up doll and the, all that being exploded. That shit is fucking hilarious. That's gold. And then this is like a really close second like i really laughed at all of this stuff like where they're really trying to like show each other up with like hardcore frisbee throwing like they're playing fucking handball on the street in new york in 1950 or something right and then rowdy sends the girl away and uh, gives her uh, a great ass comment and she says right back at you so rowdy apparently just could have had her too if he wanted her because he's a piece of shit and no one loves him um <laughs> All right, back that up, back that up. Riley, a little well, bit better than Cody, so he deserves to have a lady notice that he has a nice butt after she's sexually harassed by him. Fine. I don't like it, but fine. But I still, I hate him. I hate him so fucking much. I hate him. I hate him. Just keep telling yourself, at least he's not Cody. It's just like you keep repeating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's only a movie. <laughs> you just got to keep telling yourself that. At least <laughs> it's not Cody. Down. At least it's not Cody. It's not Cody. Oh, I, I don't know, man. I'm starting to like Cody better. Uh, <laughs> Only because Cody is one week removed. I tell you. That's yeah, yeah exactly. Because now Rowdy's just shoving it in my face about how awesome his life is. But then Rowdy throws the razor blade frisbee, and that kills Shades. That was then Rowdy, cool. That was very yeah, cool. Although. Was, I was hoping it like cut off his fingers when he go try to catch it and shit like that. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that a razor blade frisbee was also used, I believe, in Phantasm 3, and I dug that stuff even more, but that's Don Coscarelli. He's a fucking maestro, so... Yeah. <laughs> That's the only other movie I can think of off the top of my head that had razor blade frisbee action, so there you go. <laughs> well, either way, razor blade frisbee action's awesome. So, <laughs> anyway... Um, also the name of my next band, razor blade frisbee yeah. action. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, no, just Rowdy. razor blade frisbee action. We're not going to put... All right, it's pretty fine. awesome. That would be like their greatest hits album. No, there you go. Uh, Rowdy calls the team, and they are now on the island. Jana is dropping grenades from her plane type thing, and the other three storm the gates. Um, there's a shootout, and Rowdy has just as bad as Cody is with a gun, uh, so he can't hit shit. Uh, Did Jana you notice lands- the guns are switched, though? He has the smaller gun that the detective used yes. in uh, Malibu Express. Yeah. and then hold on, hold on, we won't talk about who has the bigger gun yet, because uh, we haven't seen it. Right, I know, I'm just saying, like, yeah. but he is using that smaller gun that the detective had at this point, and we are seeing that, but he still can't hit shit. Yes, he still, yeah, he still doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So Donna lands, then uh, Rowdy's buddy's actually held up, but he's saved by Rowdy himself. Then uh, Rowdy's buddy and this other dude have a karate fight. Taryn kills Michael. Uh, We have more karate, and then uh, as they're fighting, uh, the... The buddy character, his his beads are broken, and he goes, my mom made me those, so now he's he's all pissed. Rowdy finds Edie, uh, then the buddy kills the guy who he's karateing with, and then Rowdy uses a rocket launcher to kill a guy that's almost right next to Edie. How did that not kill her? I don't know, but somehow. That, that rocket launcher has is really precise. Uh, it is heat-seeking to the point where the explosion is it Contains targeted. itself? Yeah, the, the, the explosion is self-contained specifically to the heat signature that you lock on. That's the only way he can hit and kill a target. All right. Because, fuck, gee, I don't know Dude, about we that, have a man. super-powered cancer snake in this movie, and you're going to fucking die on this <laughs> hill. All right, all right, all right, all right, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> 
we have a, we have a super powered cancer snake. That's what it is. I know it's just great. Oh my good Jesus. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, so then, uh, Buddy uh, comes in and starts making out with Edie because, as you do, <laughs> right? As you do. Uh, so then, uh, the bad guys get in a copter. And Donna blows them up with the rocket launcher. So Donna then says she's uh, staying behind and heading back to her place to get changed as the other three leave. But as they leave, they realize no one got Seth. So then Rowdy leaves in a dirt bike. We see Seth is back at Donna's place and he grabs her. Um, They struggle and she uh, is able to shoot him with a harpoon. Uh, And then he, he gets back up. And uh, then she starts beating them the shit out of him. This fight sequence was really well choreographed as well. I think this might. This actually... was actually the better one. Yeah, this I, I agree. Be the now, best one I've seen. Yeah, I was. I just. I'm really nostalgic of the one with the two of them fighting uh, at the beginning in the the building. But the two, like the main baddie and uh, Donna fighting, is actually really well done. Donna really fucking goes for it. There's a couple of times where he's tossing her around like a rag doll, and I'm like, Donna has to like Donna Spear, the actual actress, has to be getting hurt in some way from this because that yeah. looked like that shit hurt. But at least sore. Yeah. But good job on that. Yeah, she's fucking going for it and it's actually pretty decent i mean there doesn't look like there's a lot of padding going around for her to be protected so shit man she went for it yeah exactly so um anyway she uh gets up after kind of he seems like he's dead and she's leaving but then he starts getting up uh uh rowdy we see is riding back in and then uh donna is cooling off with some ice and then she sees him coming so they fight again and he has a knife, and she pretty much makes him stab himself right in the gut. She then takes refuge in her bathroom. And then the snake busts through the toilet because cancer snake. Superpowered cancer snake, dude. Snackers, I mean, who hasn't had the nightmare of the cancer snake coming up through your toilet? That sequence was actually pretty horrifying, and the puppetry for the snake popping out when the toilet explodes was pretty cool, too. She hides, and as Seth gets up, he pulls out the knife from his stomach, and as he goes to attack her, he then runs right into the snake, and the snake bites him, and he dies. Of superpowered cancer venom. Yes. She fires at the snake, and then Rowdy busts in and blows up the snake with the rocket launcher. Because he was able to reload his rocket launcher clearly made out of PVC pipe. On his dirt bike, by the way. Yeah, on the way back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, the group is now riding in a limo, and Donna and Rowdy have to head up to the penthouse of a building to take care of one last thing. We see Chang in the penthouse, who is this head bad guy, and uh, he has a supposed to have a super badass bodyguard. Well, they get in there, and Rowdy uses some nunchucks and beats the guard's ass and, you know, kills him. And then Donna takes out her dirty hairy gun and blows Chang away after he throws a sword at them, but misses him. Yeah, he goes right in between them, so he must have learned how to hurl a sword like an abalang. Right. Uh, so then the group celebrates on the Malibu, and that's our final clip. I think that we all deserve a vacation cruise on the Malibu Express. I agree. All right. Yeah, but first, I think we should go to Molokai, get the other bag of diamonds, and turn it over to the agency. Excuse me, Kimasabi, but uh, we don't know where the diamonds are. What do you mean? Only moi knows where the diamonds are. Uh, is she saying what I think she's saying? As federal agents, you're all bound by law to turn in any confiscated goods, right? That's right. 
I'm just a mere civilian. Since anyone who could identify the diamonds is dead, the diamonds belong to me. Can she do that? Yep, she sure can. And she can also share the wealth with her friends. A job worth doing is a job worth doing for the right price. Here, here, here. Ah, federal agents are taking a bribe. Oh, that's so funny and charming. What a happy ending for everyone. They're rich now. Ah, let's taste the right privilege and roll <laughs> credits. All right, we've kind of belly ached and had a little bit of play here and there with the film, but we also had a lot of praise for the moments that were really great and awesome. So the highlights of the film for me, obviously the nudity is going to be the thing that keeps everybody coming back to this. That's what keeps my attention, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. But I mean, the <laughs> explodey blow up doll, like rocket launcher, skateboarder death scene is like the highlight of the film for me. I just don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah, no, uh, that and then the snake. The, yeah. the snake, to have a cancer-ridden snake is just some of the most fun you can have. Yeah, super cancer snake is pretty awesome, and that's that's what holds the film and keeps your attention. Uh, the thing at the end where he busts out of the toilet, that's also a highlight as well. Um, I yeah. think those two things may be like the, the best parts of the film, but I still absolutely love the razor blade fucking... <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's Frisbee. awesome. That's, that's awesome, uh, too. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just in love with the blow-up doll in the rocket launcher. That's a clip, um, by the way, that you're in love with a blow-up doll. Oh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, kind of. I, uh... <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that as long as the blow-up doll is, you know, consenting. How can it consent? Oh, it's not sentient? Then you're fine. Be in love with any, yeah, anima- yeah. Be in love with any inanimate object you want, Matt. I don't care. There we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> That's also a clip. Be in love with any inanimate object you want. <laughs> uh, anyway, though, I, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. A lot of fun. Once you get past the some of the dialogue, which uh, just doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, moments of this where the blatant and very misogynistic sexism pop up that are really hard to kind of tolerate. And I can't dismiss it this time around saying it's a sign of the times. It was a lot more blatant. Uh, I will say this. Uh, at least That major D was disgusting. Right. But at least it's asshole characters that are acting like that. And you don't yeah, see our protagonists acting like that. Our prag- except for their kung fu fighting or their karate fighting. Then they. They act like that. Uh, that one I'm going to kind of chalk up to the the time that they were able to get away with that because it wasn't necessarily considered to be blatantly racist that we would consider it now. But like in the 80s, that was kind of something that I mean, look at uh, just the Police Academy of movies and the way that they did some of the vocalizations of various characters like, uh, you know, just doing accents and things like that for comedy and playing it up. So whenever they're doing that as part of the joke, you know, now we see that not only is that cultural appropriation and that is also blatantly racist to do the dialogue and try and do the accent of a nation in such a dramatic character way that you know that's that's offensive and that's not right but in the 80s nobody would have even thought twice about that dude they would they just would have overlooked yeah. it and been like oh yeah whatever big deal you know you're not wrong um I do believe that most ladies, even in the 80s, would have had a problem with the blatant sexism of the maitre d' character and the way that he was acting. They were I can't see any woman wanting to be talked to like that right. at all. They were amping that up, obviously, to show that he was a piece of shit, misogynistic asshole, and that to contrast against the other characters so they don't seem so bad whenever they're oogling and, you know, just kind of like staring at the ladies and acting like immature children. Kind of like what we do from the comfort of our own home when we're watching the movies. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what? <laughs> Come on, we 
okay, sorry. Didn't want to didn't want to spoil it for everybody, but we're ogling the ladies just like the main characters in the film. We're doing it. Sorry. Uh, That's what the film believe. the film's presenting them for us to do that, man. We can't help it. You can't you're not supposed to tell anybody about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Matt closed his eyes anytime a female was nude on screen out of respect. There we now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Matt watches the Andy Sedaris films like Mike Pence. He just has to close his eyes or turn his head whenever there's female nudity. Right? That's that's it. <laughs> that's all I do. And uh, and I and I'm, I I promise you that I'm 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 sorry. I'm watching. I can't keep up that line. Anymore. That's just, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the main reason to watch the Andy Sedaris movies are the bodies. That's what they're there for. He's putting them on display for you to enjoy all of the beautiful bodies, and he's giving you a little bit of a fun plot and some action. And this time around, a super-powered cancer snake, which is just insane and awesome. It's just fun. It's just good, clean fun. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, there's parts of it that are definitely objectionable, but we've addressed them. We've dealt with them. We said we didn't like them. Um, they didn't completely ruin the overall enjoyment of the film. You kind of have to no. take the good with the bad. and As you do with almost all movies from like the, the 80s. Yeah. You take the good, you take the bad, and that's something, 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 the facts of life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, so we're running short on time here, folks. We're going to play the promo for the Ending Legion promo show. We're going to then play a little bit more music straight out of Hard Ticket to Hawaii. And when we come back, we will close out this show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
fact, a hard ticket to Hawaii. It is, it is. definitely not paradise all the time. Not all the time. <laughs> all right. So if you want to find out previous episodes of the show or just kind of see what's going on with the show or keep up with the weekly releases, the easiest way to do that is our main landing and or launching page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyop. We also have our Facebook group, which is probably the best place to interact with both myself and Matt, and also to keep up on the latest faux doxing I've been doing of Matt by taking stock photos of bums and essentially just making their hair sort of greenish yellow and saying that's Matt. Yeah, (laughs) which, I mean... Not far off. <laughs> I got pretty close. Did you see the one that I just posted today with the guy sitting on the park bench? No, that one I'm going to have to see. Yeah, but I'll have to check out. All the other ones you've even considered kind of doing a new avatar with because we got to get rid of that Ed, Ed and Eddie dude because that belongs to Cartoon Network and they're going to come after you eventually. Yeah, that's probably sometimes that'll happen. But. <laughs> yeah, but it's all, it's mostly on Facebook stuff and then the, the memes and things. So, so far we're okay, but we can't make that your permanent face. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, why not, man? <laughs> I hate my real face. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do we that have to look at it. The, the shows that yeah. we've been doing where I don't have to look at you have kind of been the best. Maybe we should keep doing it this way. Wait, you want to keep doing it like we're always in pandemic world? I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. My wife says I need to get out because I'm getting too fucking reclusive. <laughs> Oh, God, court too fucking reclusive? Jesus, yeah. I don't even know what that's like. Well, you can find me on Facebook and see what that's like. I am Court Psyops. You can also find Matt on Facebook when kind of post your own faux docs photos if you want. Matt Psyop. You could also email those faux docs photos to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. See if he approves. Yeah. You could also send those faux docs photos of Matt if you'd like to me, cinemapsyopscourt at gmail.com for those faux docs photos. Yeah, some of them faux docs. You can also tweet a couple of tweets on the even more hate-filled shitfest that is Twitter. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. I'm not giving up on it. It's a sign of the times that all the hate is there. You know, I'm still getting good interactions with folks so far, so I'm still there at court underscore psyop. Good job. Now, all of the memes that I have repurposed for our people are being shared on our Instagram page, cinema underscore psyops, because I run that shit like Bartertown and the show. You're going to want to check them out there. You will be seeing all of the memes that I find repurposed there. And then I'll share them to Facebook and then the group as well if I get them to go across from Instagram. Been trying to share them at Twitter, but all it does is just post the link and say, I posted this on Instagram. So that doesn't quite work. Yeah. Well, I know there's a whole lot of turmoil. I know there's a whole lot of trouble and there's just fear and and anguish everywhere right now. So kick the fuck out of those bastards that are keeping you down and this week and make it your bitch. club again and uh, <laughs> well yeah not only are the hot club hot uh, not even at a yacht club i fucking know fucking weird ass people doing weird ass shit everyone's fucking weird around here anyway they got a contend contend contaminated snake
that sequence was actually kind of funny where they're trying to figure it out and yet they're still like one of them's grossed out by the snake and the other one's okay with it and the snake's long gone anyway so they didn't even yeah, realize it, it not yet oh sorry didn't mean to not jump yet. that far ahead you're ruining everything so anyway <laughs> like i said um, they were in a hot tub i can't think right now yeah right He's talking about steroids is what he's doing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. There's also that. <laughs> I mean, we're not dumb. <laughs> I mean, I'm still we're... recovering from the two hot tub scenes we just had earlier in the movie, so I wasn't yeah. paying that close attention. Are you all right over there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine now. I meant like while I'm watching it, I was recovering and cleaning myself. I mean, uh, recovering. Oh, no. Jesus. So anyway, um, let's see here. So uh, then... Uh, Hold on, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Song so nice, I had to play it twice in two different versions, I suppose. Yeah, right? <laughs> Stop singing or I will fucking mute you. We have to finish up this goddamn show. We're almost at curfew time. Fine, fucking go. <laughs> the show or keep up with the week rele- uh, weekly releases on the latest faux doxing I've been doing of Matt by taking photos of stock photos. Fo- taking stock photos of... Just in love with the blow-up doll. Be in love with any inanimate object you want. Kick the fuck out of those bastards that are keeping you down, and this week, and make it your bitch. I'm done on my side. All right. And I am done on mine.